1: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get
0: podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a Pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. It's week 10 stack in the box. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Big Thursday night ball game with the Colts and the Titans. All eyes, Mad Berteram on Tennessee. Maybe the best game of the week as we really take a solid look at the AFC South, the six and two Titans, the five and three Indianapolis Colts the pandemic rolling on, but we're here to do stack in the box for you. Good, good. uh, Good to see you, man. Bertram.
1: Good to see you too, Carm. We're uh, doing this during the masters. So we're, you know, we're multitasking here is I'm uh, keeping track of the, uh, leaderboard, but you are wearing uh,
0: your green sweatshirt.
1: <laughs> I am. Although that's just, uh, it's Oakland A's, but <laughs> either, either way. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm in the mood apparently for some, for some golf.
0: How, how are we looking at Thursday night? The, uh, Titans actually got their defense going last week. They got to the quarterback more than they have in, a, in quite a while, but they were doing it against a Bears offensive line. So how much you can really read into that, I'm not sure, but they definitely looked – they were impactful uh, making a, a really rough day for Nick Foles, David Montgomery, and company.
1: Yeah, they were. I watched that game. I actually just finished – I watched it last night. Uh, it's one of the few last games I had to watch for the week. The Bears are just abominable offensively. I, I – I couldn't take anything away from that game with Tennessee because of how bad Chicago is offensively. It's, it's just – they look like they're running mud. It's unbelievable. That said, yeah, look, Tennessee does have a good offense. Indy's got a good defense. It's going to be an interesting matchup in Nashville. A lot of big divisional games this weekend. A lot of them. And that is right up at the top. If the Colts win, they're in the lead in the South. Uh, if they lose, they're two games back all of a sudden – and their schedule is not easy. Uh, they have the Packers, I believe, next week, and then they play the Titans again. So a huge critical stretch here for these teams, and it starts on Thursday night uh, in Tennessee. So we'll see. So, but I, I like the Titans. I, I really do. I think they're they're a good team. I think they're ascending.
0: So it's, that's interesting because it's – I mean, look, they're – at home although that again pandemic at home don't really know what that means although tennessee does have fans but their offense looks terrible i mean they, they didn't have to do anything against the bears they, they no. scored on a fumble recovery i mean at one point Tannehill was five or 15 i mean they just basically didn't lose the game i w- and against the colts defense you know Indy's formidable so i, I don't know to me i mean the, the line's telling you everything it's a complete toss up here i kind of i'm actually leaning towards indy
1: okay I I just, my, my concern with Indianapolis, and I'll be honest, this is a concern I have with them every week. Rivers is just not good anymore. Like, I know it's kind of a blanket statement, but when you watch them, like the one thing that has really started, and I might even write about this in Stacking the Box this week. The one thing that has really started to surprise me, and it's it's been coming over the years, but it's really here now. There are so many teams that are just terrified of the quarterbacks. And so you get these numbers and these stat lines where these guys are 29 of 35 for 270 yards. And it's like, Oh, he's great. No, he's not really that good. Every pass is a dump off and a quick screen and these little, you know, two and three yard routes that anybody's going to complete them. And it's just a matter of some guy making a play after the catch. And I think rivers is a great example of that. You watch the Colts, man. Any play they take, any any shot play they take is a is a play action, max protect, like make sure he's he's basically got one or two guys you can throw to. And if it's not there, you take the sack, you throw it away. Everything else is a run or it's some quick little dump off to the back at a tight end. I just in a game where they may have to score some points, I don't know that he can do it without throwing picks. Like so many teams are just so incredibly limited with these quarterbacks, they're terrified. They're terrified to let them lose the game, and I worry about that with India with Rivers.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Let's let's take a look at the Rams and Seattle. This one being played uh, in L.A. The Seahawks, of course, coming off a loss to the Bills, where Josh Allen looked like Joe Montana and Dan Marino combined, putting up forty-four points. Okay, that's a little bit tall, but I'll give it to him anyway. And the Rams are coming off a bye week. I mean, the Seahawks' pass defense is just straight horrendous. They're giving up 362 yards a game, so maybe a big week for for Jared Goff. What's your take here?
1: I think the Rams are going to blow the Seahawks out in this game. Wow. The Seahawks can't stop anybody. Anybody. Look, Josh Allen had a great game. The Bills were awesome. That being said –
0: How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good.
1: They scored 18 points against the Jets the week before and 24 against the Pats. We're the worst defense in football outside of Jacksonville this year by DVOA. Like, Seattle is awful. And I watched that game and went back and watched a couple days ago. There was one play, and it was and it was typical of the way the game went. Stephon Diggs caught a pass, probably about 15 yards down the field. He turned around, waiting to get hit, and then just started jogging downfield because there was literally no one within 20 yards of him. Like it, it took them, it took them another 15 yards before anyone entered the picture, and that happened over and over and over. I look at the Rams. First of all, McVay always coaches well against Seattle. They've played well against Seattle ever since he's been there. Four and two. Yep. They they have the bye week at their back, okay, so they're healthy. They're well-rested. They're at home in this game. I just – I don't think they're going to stop them. Like, I think the Rams are going to score 45 points in this game. There's no reason – and by the way, the Rams defensively, top of the mark in almost every passing category, yards per completion against, uh, completion rate against. They don't give up a lot of yards after the catch. I think they're best in the league in that as well, if memory serves. Like the Rams are yeah. very good pass defense.
0: Net yards per pass attempt five point five point two best. That's what's interesting about this game though, because you know Seattle first in scoring, first in passing yards, first in touchdown passes. Uh, they lead the NFL in points, two hundred and seventy four. They lead the two thousand three hundred eighty five passing yards. So it's a it's a great right. can. That's really interesting. And then, can the Seahawks defense actually play better against Jared Goff and company? Which we all know that he'll, he'll, he'll turn it over here. So maybe this is the week that the Seahawks defense gets well. You're saying absolutely not, but that I would see, be that's the, the formula.
1: Like, like <clears throat> Goff is one of those quarterbacks where if he doesn't get pre- if you don't get pressure on him, he's not under the under duress. The he he will carve you up. If you can get pressure on him, it's over. I've seen I've seen golf twice in person, once in Chicago on a Sunday night game in the brutal cold. And I remember watching golf in that game as the bears just hit him over and over. And I and I remember turning to I, I won't say who. There's somebody in the press box who is prominent, who I was sitting next to. And I just turned to him and said, This game is over. He's not going to drive them down the field. He is terrified. And I remember watching him. He had one of those hand warmers on a very, very cold night with the hand warmers on and he would have his hands in his hand warmers all the way right till they would go to snap the ball. And then he pulls hands out and the bears are just teeing off. And I'm to this day, I'm disappointed in myself. I should have asked one of the defensive players, were you guys just looking at his hands and just, just waiting because you knew that's when the ball was going to come out. Like Goff does not like adverse conditions, whether it be weather pressure whatever. They're in a dome against a team that gets no pressure. He's just going to stand back there and play pitch and catch. I, I think they are going to light them up this weekend. And I think you're going to start getting the questions. Is Seattle good enough to win and win significantly because that defense is just killing them? Offensively, they're great. No one's arguing that. But defensively, they can't get off the field. I mean, they're not just bad. They are, like, historically bad.
0: Prominent media member that Verderam was sitting next to in You the Chicago- also know
1: this person. I will share this with you after this.
0: We, we, really it's that private that we can't tell well, our f-
1: yeah, I don't know I just I don't want to I don't want to I don't know I don't want to throw the people into the conversation unnecessarily
0: I, I think I think it's okay um, there's no uh, there's no crime in sitting next to Matt Bertram and listening yeah, to his thoughts I just, thoughts
1: and know, the- I just uh, was and it Les Grabstein what <laughs> no
0: Les Grobstein's one of my favorite people in Chicago media that's I, don't, probably- I don't know
1: Les no yeah. it's not Les
0: less does overnights and has for the last 30 years. And I once helped him move. And that's a story for another time, but uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I look forward to learning after the podcast. Let's, uh, let's look at no, one I other. Uh, me.
1: I, I, because it doesn't matter. I was the one who was talking about it. Cause I, I just always am hesitant with that stuff. Cause I don't like to throw other people's names. I was talking to Jared Payton. Oh, JP. Who's a great dude. Great guy. And a good friend. And we, he just, we were walking by each other. I think it was actually at halftime. And he's like, hey, you know, Vernon, what do you think? I was like, this game's done. He can't – he's terrified. And, yeah, you know, JP started laughing. He's like, yeah, you're playing pretty well at I'm like, this over. <laughs> this game. And we were having a conversation. I do – there were a few other people. I can't remember. It might have been Danny Park and somebody else. We were just sitting there talking during the, the halftime. And you could just see it in go. He, he wanted no part of it. Zero. Didn't want to get hit. Didn't want didn't want to be under the rest. Like, that ball was coming out as fast as the ball was getting back to him from center. He wanted no part of it. But in this and, and I saw him in the Super Bowl as well against the past. I was at that game, and, and it was the same type of thing. They were hitting him. He just wanted to get rid of it. I just have a feeling in this game, for a lot of reasons, there's not even any pressure. And if there's no pressure on him. He's good, he's good. He can sit back there and throw it. Like he can throw the ball well. I, I just think they're gonna carve him up.
0: I uh, I'm gonna send you a picture after this after we get off here of, of uh, Jared's dad, Walter. I think you've heard of Walter. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's guarding Patrick Ewing in a three-on-three basketball tournament outside, wearing <laughs> Air Jordans and very tight shorts. And Patrick's got this big smile on his face. It's a great picture. All right, let's let's go NFC East. One thousand four hundred and sixty-six days. I give credit to uh, SB Nation for that stat. So that's how we do it on Stack in the Box. We credit all our. Our partners and, and right. competitors in the media world, but that's how long it's been, they wrote, since the Philadelphia Eagles lost to the New York Giants. 1,466 days, Verderan. That's not yesterday. So the question is, uh, yeah, will this be will this time be any different here with, with Philly and New York? No.
1: No, I don't think it will be. Philly's getting healthy. And oh, the Eagles in that division stink to high heaven. The Eagles are the one team that I do think has actual talent. Like the Eagles. If Wentz gets his head out of his rear end, they, they can play a decent football game. The Giants are just bad. They've won two games this year. It's been against Washington. Give them credit. Fine, they won the two games. They, they just – they don't – they play teams tight. I'll give the Giants that. They they do keep games tight. But they, they just don't win them, and a lot of it's because of Jones and his turnovers.
0: Well, right. And the other side of it, the Giants' defense gets turnover, so it keeps them in the games. So it's pretty
1: good defensively.
0: Yeah. I mean, so if, if Daniel Jones – was just a little bit better. New York would—I mean—they've been in pr- pr- most games. Yeah. So
1: well, barely lost to Dallas. Barely lost to Philly. Barely lost to Tampa. I—I'm with you. I—the other part of this too is Eagles are coming off a of bye. It just—I think the Eagles are the better team. They're off a of bye. I think it's close. I think it's a tight game. But I, I well, think the Eagles will win.
0: What's your what's your take on what's going on with Carson Wentz? Because he's been straight awful.
1: He has been awful. I—I I think I so, think a me- lot of it. Is-
0: let me just say he's made some big throws in the biggest moments that's helped him win games, but overall he's been awful.
1: Most turnovers in the league, and PFF has him as the most uh, most turnover-worthy plays in the league as well, it didn't turn into turnovers. So that's a problem. Uh, I think part of it is just a complete lack of weaponry around him. Like he just has to do everything, otherwise they don't even move the ball. But I think part of it too is now you've gotten to a point where he – it almost looks like he second guesses himself. Like he, He's not confident in what he's doing. And when you have that, and you have that half second of indecision, and I mean, you know this as well as I do. Like in the NFL, half second's an eternity. You you think for that split second, should I throw it? Should I not throw it? And then you throw it, it's picked off. Like, it's just, it's too much time. So I think a lot of it's in his head. Talent-wise, I think he has the talent, but they don't have the weapons. I don't think he's confident. Combine those two things, it's a lot of late throws to bad players. And that's a, that's a bad recipe.
0: Who of the Colts, Titans, Rams, Seahawks, Giants, Eagles needs to win the most this weekend? I think it's Indianapolis because
1: they have a hard schedule. If they lose, their five and four. They already lost to Cleveland, so that could be a potential tiebreaker for a wild card spot. If they lose this game, they're two back of the Titans – they do have a rematch a couple weeks from now in Indianapolis, but I, I hesitate to think that they're going to all of a sudden just uh, start rolling. I think Indy's got to win this game. They lose here, I'm not sitting here saying they couldn't make the playoffs, but all of a sudden it starts getting a little murkier, gets a little bit tougher. Schedules getting harder. Like I I I think that's a cause for concern if I'm Indianapolis.
0: Rams are in there too. I mean, you're getting Seattle yeah, to my second choice. Yeah, I mean the Rams. You get in Seattle twice. This is your chance to get them at home. You still got to play the Bucks. Uh, San Francisco's no gimme, and now you do have New England and New York. But and then you got to play Arizona twice too. So
1: true. No, that's a fair. I mean that they got they got a tough schedule. Yeah, this should be a huge win for them. Yeah. Huge win.
0: All right, let's uh, go into the future, and we're looking at the 2020 MVP award, which everybody thinks is going to go to Russell Wilson. I believe you think the same thing at least at this point.
1: I, I do. Uh, by the way, Carl, we have missed the whole damn segment oh, here.
0: But oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Let me, let's rewind back. Let's rewind back there, Verter um, First time I've ever made a mistake in my life. Uh, and it's an excellent question that we have here, which is what's the game you think we're going to learn the most from this week? So we're looking away from the divisional games that we just laid out, I think. Uh, which way are you going?
1: So I'm going to stay with the divisional game, it's not going to be the ones we talked about. I'm going to take Pittsburgh and Cincinnati at Heinz Field. The Bengals are coming off a bye. They're 2-5-1. and one. Other than one loss, they got...
0: Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. The average garage door is made up of 1.3-millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know. Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know. A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
1: Bad by Baltimore. They've been in every single game. The offensive line has not been good. Burrow has been excellent. They're playing a Steelers team that leads the league in basically every quarterback pressure metric there is. Hurry rate, pressure rate, quarterback hits, sacks, you name it. They lead on all of them. How does Pittsburgh play in this game? Because Dallas' line, which normally is good, is, is really banged up and is horrid this year. And Garrett Gilbert was just slinging it, like, for three quarters in that game. Can they get back to doing what they do and, and really cause havoc and, and hold the Bengals to 10 points? Or is this a game where out of the bye, the Bengals have something cooking for Pittsburgh? I will go on a record as saying that I think Pittsburgh's going to win. I would not be shocked if the Bengals win this game. I could see the Bengals going to Pittsburgh is one. Their, listen, there and no, they've been very good this year. We'll talk a little bit more about them later, but Pittsburgh has this tendency and they've had this tendency for years. They play up to competition. They play down to competition. They leave teams in the mix in the fourth quarters. You're like, how is this team even within 20 points of Pittsburgh? so I, and I think Cincinnati is better than that record. Like Cincinnati is not great, but Cincinnati could easily be like four and four right now. They're, they're good enough to be there. So, I think this is an interesting game of the Steelers team that struggles to put teams away, whether it be home or, or on the road.
0: There's a lot of interesting games this week. And I'm, this is not do or die for either of these two, but the bills and the Cardinals is a very interesting game. Buffalo. You're going to go on the road and go back to back and play well again after beating Seattle and get to eight and two. Uh, that, that would be, that would be huge. And for the Cardinals, uh, you know, can you do it against a, a very solid Bills team at home? Or are you moving more into the fraud range where you're at home and, and you actually slip to five and four and lose to Buffalo? So that, that one's interesting. I, I listen. I also find the Bears game with the Vikings very interesting. Like, are they, is that going to be just the very end? And uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if Tom Brady's going to bounce back this week against the Panthers. That, you know. Yep. Where, where, where are the bucks right now? The sexy bucks are getting less sexy by the minute here, so there's there's a lot of them out there. Um, what what's your take on the Raiders in Denver?
1: Good game. Look, the Raiders have continued to find ways to win. Their defense has not been good. Their offense has been good uh, to, to great, even at times. Carr has been excellent. I think I think this is a game. that If you're the Raiders, like you're at home against the Broncos, you got to win this game. This is a this is not a gimme, but it's close. Denver is not playing well at all. They're they they're they're banged up. Uh, they've been banged up all year. Drew Drew Locke has been just atrocious. Honestly, I, it has not played well most of the season. So this is one of these things. As we start looking at the playoff races, I I got to see, I got to see you know Oakland Vegas. I got to see Vegas win this game. I gotta see them go out and handle business. They've beaten good teams. They've beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten the Saints. They went on the road and beat Cleveland. This is one of those games you can't have a lack of focus. They got the Chiefs next week on Sunday Night Football. Do they overlook this game and get tripped up, or do they handle their business and get themselves to six and three, two games out of first place in the AFC West?
0: All right, that's that's all. <laughs> That that'll be one game that I probably won't be focusing on a ton this week. The, the 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 Raiders and the Bronco. Quick timeout. Stay with us. You are listening to Stacking the Box. But let's let's look at let's go back to our Into the Future, which I was just teasing a second ago. Sure. and our 2020 MVP award. And Everyone's got their money on Russell Wilson. I think you do too here, Matt, but uh, you know, you, yeah, you can, you can make an argument for some others, uh, which I'm going to attempt to do. What do you, but tell so, me why you like Russ.
1: I, I like Russ because I think he's going to win because it's close. And the MVP votes as much about narrative as it is about performance. When you get into a close race, he's never gotten an MVP vote before. Stop me. If you've heard that 85 times in the last three months. So I think that's part of it. The other part of it is I think he's going to throw 50 touchdowns. If you do that, I think you pretty much are, are going to be the MVP. That said, I will say this, I think Rodgers and Mahomes are having better years, both of them. And I, and right now, if, it, if I had an MVP vote, I would vote for Mahomes. And that's not a biased thing. It's it's a 25 touchdowns, one pick, on pace for 4,800 passing yards thing. Like it's unbelievable. He's thrown the ball over once. That's impossible. Like yeah. I and he's not a guy, you know, he's not one of these guys I talked about earlier where it's dink and dunk. Like, he's firing the ball downfield at will with them. And it it just, he doesn't throw picks. They don't make mistakes. I would vote for Mahomes, but I think Wilson will get the 50 touchdowns. And I think the narrative will push him over the top.
0: Okay, so, I mean, like, along the 50 touchdown lines, uh, Patrick is three touchdowns behind him. So, easily catchable. He's also got...
1: Played one more game,
0: though. Fair, right. And And he's... Right. His, his, his average yards per game, he's down almost 20. So, whatever. Quarterback rating, they're, they're neck and neck. The reason why you would bet against Russ is if you think Seattle's going to go south here and that defense is going to continue to give up points, and all of a sudden, then now where else are you looking? You know, it was an interesting candidate. Uh, also played one more game. But, I don't know, Josh Allen is is in the team photo here. He's in the he, team he really, photo. Yep. He, he, he really is. So uh and then you got your 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 deep 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 long shot in in Tom Brady just because he's Tom Brady but um, I think
1: Sunday night took
0: care of that. It, it probably did. that was that was that was not great. I called him the deep 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 long shot. Yeah. Um so we yeah. we we'll, we'll, you know listen, Russ is, is is a clear favorite here but uh if you I mean if you, if you believe the Chiefs aren't going to lose any more games and Seattle's going to go the other way, Patrick's going to get a very – will become a very sexy pick at some point here. I actually uh, think
1: Seattle's defense helps Russell Wilson in one way. They are so bad, he is going to put up a ton of stats. That's an excellent because point. Because he is just going to throw and throw, and can't see they don't have to. I mean, you know, the average quarterback this year throws 35 passes a game. But Holmes throws 30. They don't have to throw the ball because they're up all the time. So like that's that's the other part of this where Wilson is just going to be back there chucking it every game because he can't stop anybody.
0: Uh, also, just in in pure value, like look, man, without Russell Wilson, the Seahawks are a complete death. Whereas the Chiefs, yeah, you can't lose Patrick Mahomes but uh, you know, they're not they're not they as they would
1: di- they would win the division with Matt Morris, their quarterback.
0: Right. Right. They would
1: be a 10 or 11 win team. Like, I, now, with Mahomes, they're a 14 or 15 win team, and they're unbelievable. They wouldn't win the Super Bowl with Matt Moore. I like think they, they very well might with Mahomes. But, yeah, I, look, I agree with that. Without Wilson, that team's winning five games. Right. With, with, right. with Matt Moore, they're winning five games. With Matt Moore in Kansas City, they're still winning 10 or 11.
0: Let's, uh, along the Super Bowl lines, who is your Super Bowl pick right now? Not who's going to win it, but who's going to, well, yeah, who's going to win it, but also who's going to be in the game?
1: So I in, the NFC to me is the harder one to pick here. Uh, I'm going to take New Orleans for the simple fact of the number one seed right now. Because to me, New Orleans, Tampa, Green Bay, Seattle, you could argue all those. My deductive reasoning is Seattle, as we just talked about, they can't stop and nosebleed. I just can't pick them. Like in the playoffs, you're going to face somebody where you're going to have to get off the field occasionally, and they, I, they just cannot do it. Um, the Bucks might have to be a wildcard team. If the Bucs are a wildcard team, I think that that's a killer. They're going to have to go on the road for all these games. I get there's not fans, but that's still a hard thing to do. And then, so for me, that leaves the Saints to the Packers. I just think the Saints are are a more complete team. I know the Packers beat them in New Orleans earlier this year. The the Packers got lucky they didn't have to face Thomas in that game. I think that matters. Breeze wasn't playing well. He's playing better now. So for me, it was between those two. I will take the Saints as they are the number one seed, but it is a coin flip. Kansas City, to me, is the the favorite in the AFC, period. I, I respect Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Tennessee. None of those teams are Kansas City. If the G's play a B plus game, they're not losing to any of them. I don't care where the game is, I don't care what the weather is, and in the Super Bowl, I think I think whoever gets out of the AFC is going to steamroll whoever comes out of the NFC. So give me Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I
0: uh, uh, this there? is just this is just a um, you know, I'm I'm picking, not really even from my heart, but kind of just from a, who I would like to see there. And I'm going to take Green Bay, even though the loss of, Tampa, l- loss of Tampa is ugly. Uh, Minnesota is playing better football, but it's, it's not a great loss to the Vikings either. But you are 6-2, and two, and their schedule is very, very favorable. They got Jacksonville, Indy, tougher game. But then the Bears and Philly and Detroit and Carolina, You got one game with Tennessee and the Bears. So, they're, I mean, they're going to roll into the playoffs um, one more shot at it here, Aaron Rodgers. Why not? Um, and and the Packers have, you know, they, they've 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 handled the competition here uh, f- at least fairly well from a, a plus, from a point differential standpoint. So I'll I'll, I'll take Green Bay in the, in the wide open NFC, and I'll stick with you with the Chiefs. Coach of the year, who are we going with on that one right now?
1: I'm going with Brian Flores. I I, I think he's done an unbelievable job there. You know, people have short memories. A year ago, they started out 0-7. They were trading away everybody. Minka Fitzpatrick, Larry, you know, Tunzel, all these guys. Everybody's gone. Everybody's not nailed down. Kenny Stills, all gone. People are, oh, they're going to go on 16. This is a tank job. They finished the year 5-4. and four, And it now started this season 5-3. and three. They switched over to Tua, who looked pretty damn good against Arizona. The defense is excellent, which is Flores' specialty. It's what he coached over in New England. Brian Flores is a damn good coach. We spend a lot of time as a a media group talking about how much these guys that come from Belichick's tree stink, and they do. He is the exception. Brian Flores is a very good head coach, and he would be my pick to be the coach of the year.
0: So it's fun to look go back in time, right? Um, beginning of the season before it started, NFL Coach of the Year Brian Flores was plus two thousand. Now, who was ahead of him? Uh, Bill Belichick was plus twelve hundred. Bruce Arians was plus twelve hundred. Mike McCarthy was plus thirteen hundred. <laughs> How, how's that going? How's that going to go? A shame. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinals have uh, have been a nice story, and. That pick they go to the playoffs, I can see that i mean listen i I love the Brian Flores pick, but i gotta let's just throw somebody else in there um and if the Cardinals end up in the playoffs, he's definitely gonna be getting some votes there's no there's no doubt about that um so and and I do think that uh. Well, at least I enjoy really watching Arizona play football. We'll see how they do this week against Buffalo. But uh, I'll, take, I'll take Cliff Kingsbury to compete with Brian Flores and our Coach of the Year Award. What's your uh, favorite storyline headed in the second half here, Matt?
1: So I thought about this for a little while. It's got to be kind of what we just talked about. The race in the NFC is just fascinating to me. I know you can get in the AFC. I think the AFC is a better conference. But I feel like there's a clear favorite in the AFC. In the NFC... You can make a case for a lot of teams. Like I don't know that there's any one team that you look at and say, "Oh, that team is definitely the favorite." You know, we just talked about all of them. So I am curious to see how does that shake. Unfortunately, who has the big injury because we all know that happens. Um, who's really hot? Who's who's getting colder as as we get toward January? I'm very curious to see which teams are you know are, are getting divisional wins that are key down the stretch. Who gets that one seed? I'm fascinated with watching that and seeing how it plays out.
0: I'm actually, I'll, I'll stick in the 2020 world that we're living in, the crazy world we're living in. The virus is literally everywhere. I don't know what's going to happen here, but it ain't going to be pretty. And how the NFL actually decides to suspend games when it gets even more ugly because it We all know that it's going to and how they actually handle this. Will the Super Bowl get backed up? Are they going to allow teams to not play a full schedule? Like, all of this is very interesting. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is complaining about double standards and the safety protocols, which may be true. Um, I mean, Rodgers was on a serious XM earlier this week on on Pat McAfee's show. You can drop – you can dap up a guy after a game, but you can't eat at the same lunch table as a teammate. Yeah, yeah, Aaron – they're it's not perfect they're trying to do everything they can and by by the way don't if you want to be safe about it and protect your teammates maybe you shouldn't quote unquote dap up a guy after a game I think it's really weird actually after the game that they're they all go to midfield and shake hands and some people are putting on masks and everything y'all aren't living in the in the I I know that you just played a football game but there's just no reason for it walk off the field go home there's you you just you there there's I don't it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Be, be well, it's play the game, leave, done.
1: And and you know, Rogers, look, he's a really intelligent guy. So it surprises me when you have a really ignorant take. And this isn't like a COVID fear-mongering thing, but look, there's a difference between giving some guy a little fist bump and walking away and sitting across from somebody for twenty minutes and eating and eating a lunch. Right. Time. Like right. Anybody who pays any attention to CDC guidelines, and by the way, if you're like, oh, I don't believe in CDC guidelines, all right, fine, you're, you're an asshole, okay? Look, anybody who believes in any kind of science, and, and the CDC is the foremost authority on, on disease control, says that, look, 15 minutes of close contact with somebody, continuous contact, that is the, the marker for a, a, an issue that could arise, Okay fist bumping somebody out in in the open air when you're walking away i don't have that big of a problem with you're you're probably gonna be fine sitting down at lunch with somebody for 20-25 minutes probably indoors in an air-conditioned setting where things are circulating around look i get it jamie's log progressive the harrington's backyard day 11 4 43 a.m
0: the tent i set up in the harrington's backyard to prove progressive s 24 7 protection has a rip in it but a little rain won't stop me mrs harrington says she totally understands 24 7 protection means 24 7 gonna stay a few more days to make sure it's hailing now that's fun progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto we offer round-the-clock protection just not literally from jamie from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
1: These guys are getting tested every day. You could sit there and say, well, hey, everybody's negative if they're in the building. Okay, but we all know that you can have the virus and it doesn't show a positive for a few days. So I, I don't understand how he doesn't recognize that. I mean, either he's being facetious or he's just not paying any attention, which in either way is not a great look.
0: No, and... I just am really interested as how the NFL is going to play this out, but uh, it's the wild west out there, baby. 2020, let's make some money here. Vardram, place your bets. Bengals at the Steelers. Uh, you're giving Cincy a play here, so I'm thinking you're gonna you're gonna take the Bengals. They're getting seven and a half points.
1: I am going to take the Bengals. I, I don't know if they're going to win, and like I said, I pick Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be like a three point game. Cincinnati can play. Cincinnati is not great, but Cincinnati has stayed, stayed in every game this year. And all Pittsburgh does is leave teams in games. They can never put them away. The only thing they blew out this year was Cleveland. That's it. Every other game, it's down to the wire. They can't finish. It's Big Ben. He can't make a big play. I think Cincinnati's going to hang in this game. I don't know if I'd bet a money line on them, but I think they're going to cover the seven and a half.
0: I mean, they are one of the biggest underdogs of the week, which is um, it's kind of interesting. They, they haven't beaten Pittsburgh since 2015. I never really think that actually matters, but, um, I, I actually tend to, uh, I, I'm leaning with you here, Matt, let's go, let's go Cincinnati. Ben has been good at times, but, uh, you know, this is not a Steelers team. That's just, you, you can just feel super com- com- confident. That they're going to blow them out. So I'll take the Bengals with you. Uh, the Cardinals are a two point favorite at home over Buffalo. Where are you going here?
1: This is a really hard one. And I'd say for anybody who's going to bet, I might just stay away from it, but, I'm going to take the Cardinals minus two. And not because I don't think the Bills are good. I think the Bills are really good. I just think the Cardinals desperately have to have the game. They're at home. They're off a loss. Buffalo's got to go across the country. Arizona has to win. Like, if Buffalo doesn't win, fine. So be it. They're going to win the division. They're going to be just, you know, A-OK. I think if you're Arizona, you have to win. The other thing that concerns me is Buffalo's defense is not good. And I could just see it, and they should be, but they're not. And I could see a scenario here where Murray goes berserk. So... I'm taking the Cardinals. I don't have a ton of confidence. I think it's a toss-up game, but I'll take Arizona, the more desperate team, at home.
0: So I do believe, as I think we all do, in the NFL's week-to-week philosophy, and things change just rapidly. So you could look phenomenal one week, and Josh Allen's running around right now, and people are talking about MVP candidate. I think I was just talking about that five minutes ago, 415 yards, three touchdowns against the Seahawks. Uh, but I'm going to bet on the inconsistency of Josh Allen, and I think he has a rough game. I think he's half the Josh Allen. He's going to be somewhere around 200 and call it 25 yards, and I will take the Cardinals in this one. I'll, I will give the points. All right, to the Chargers and the Dolphins we go. Come on, Tua, can you stay hot against a Chargers team that loses games in ways that it is seemingly impossible? Two-and-a-half-point favorite, Miami, which is kind of a curious line. I'm going to
1: take Miami, but the Chargers scare the hell out of me in the sense that I can see them losing by like one. They can't win a game. They just can't. They blow games in the most unimaginable fashion possible every week. But they're always in the game, and I don't know that Miami is going to blow them out. I think it's close. I will take the Dolphins. I think they'll cover because I think they'll win by a field goal. That game, you, you want to have a heart attack? Go bet your mortgage payment on that game. And see how things play out for you. I, I don't know. I, Herbert's Herbert's really really good. I think Miami though is the better team. I think they win. But Vegas clearly thinks the Chargers are right there with them.
0: So there's a weird thing with the Chargers when they play out East, past nine games. Matt Verdaram, this is a little too gambly for me, but I'll. But I'm just going to give you the gambling stats. They are seven and two both straight up and against the spread. They play well on the East coast. They're also 12, four and two against the spread in their past 18 road games. So the quirky chargers always in it. Um, that being said, Miami has been really good against the spread too, but I, I actually, I I think this is going to be a stunner for the dolphins. I think they lose. I'll take the Chargers to win in Miami. Um, I think Miami might just be a little bit on the overrated side right now, and the Chargers on the under. So let's, let's, I'll take, I'll take LA. Ravens are a seven and a half point or seven point favorite, rather, going on the road to play New England.
1: I think this is my lock of the week, which means it won't happen. Baltimore is going to destroy New England in this game, destroy them. It's all. Look, I'm a huge believer. Everybody knows who listens to this podcast. Styles make fights. New England cannot throw the football. I mean, zero ability to do so. Zero. They have to run. Well, guess what? Guess what? Baltimore is a powerhouse up front. They blitz like crazy. They can cover man on man. If you're going to beat the Ravens, you got to be able to throw the ball. You got to be able to beat the blitz, and that's why Kansas City gives them all kinds of problems. Because when they blitz Kansas City, the Chiefs just kill them over the top. New England, New England, may be more than any team in the league, including the Jets, they have no ability to do it. Zero. They've nobody can get open. Humphrey's going to be back for this game. Peters, he, I mean, he's going to blanket whoever he's on. And offensively, I don't think Baltimore is going to be great. I think Bill will have something for him. But New England, you know, they're 31st in the league in defensive DVOA. Like they're atrocious. This game screams 30 to 10 with like a pick six mixed in there. I, I just. I don't see any reason to think New England's covering this thing. Zero. I don't care that it's at home. I don't care if it's in prime. None of it, Matt. They're going to get blown out in this game against Baltimore.
0: So, I do look for games where the line doesn't make sense. New England just survived the Jets. By the way, I picked the Jets to cover in that game, and I got that one right. The You did. The... So there's no way that Baltimore coming off a win, a two-touchdown win, you would think they'd be at least eight, nine, ten-point favorites or they're a seven-point favorite. Then I think, oh, why is that? Well, Belichick does know how to scheme. He'll make things tough for Lamar. I'll take the Ravens to win, but I'm going to take the Patriots to cover. They're here. It, it speaks – it just doesn't make – that line makes no sense. If you're so- right, I
1: give it to you, man. I, I just – I cannot – and I just can't see it unless Lamar goes out there and just craps his pants and it just turns into like a five turnover. I, I just,
0: right. Right. God, which man. is basically what I'm betting on.
1: Hey, and that, that's the bet because you know, listen, Lamar is not throwing the ball all well this year. That is the bet, but man.
0: Tight game. I, I
1: don't going to score. Well, we're going to find out.
0: Yeah. Tight, tight game. Cam played well late. I don't know. I, there's just that line's too, it's it's too odd to me. So I will take, I'll take New England. Uh, the Vikings are a three point favorite at Chicago. Monday night football. I'm what you take this. All right. So my new person that needs to be under the micro my, microscope is Juan Castillo, who's the Bears offensive line coach. He's been a, an offensive line coach. Previous stops, both gotten fired and I mean, you can't, you, you can't do worse than the Bears are doing up front. I don't care how bad the talent is. you got these big dudes. Figure out how to just scheme up some very basic plays and, and go from there. The Bears can't do it. Uh, that being said, this is must-win territory for the Bears. Matt Nagy has been under the gun. We're talking about play-calling changes. The Vikings' defense is absolutely horrendous. Uh, the Bears should be able to get well this week. Nagy's play calling is on the line. Three-point favorite Minnesota, though, f- makes me feel like you got to bet on, on the Vikings, but I will take the Bears just because I'm a freaking homer. W- you, you got to do it. This is the week, baby. Come on, Nick Foles. Come on, on back here. This is a strict fan play by me.
1: So It's not a fan play by me because I don't care about either one of these teams uh, on a personal level. I'm taking the Bears all day to cover this. And I said earlier in the podcast that watching their offense is painful. I actually debated what would be more painful watching the Bears offense for 16 weeks or jamming a fork in my eye. It's tight. I'll get back to you when I figure out the answer. That being said, the Bears defense has effed up Kirk Cousins every time they've played him. They destroy Kirk Cousins. Not having Stephon Diggs is not going to make that any better. I know they've got Justin Jefferson. I get that, but it's not like their offense is any better than it was a year ago. Cousins has not been good most this year. The Bears' defense is going to play very well in this game. I have no doubt about that. I do have doubt about the Bears' offense, but I just think this is going to be a 16-13 brawl of a game. The Bears have beaten some decent teams this year. They, they took the Saints to overtime. They beat Tampa. And, like, I get it. Like, people are all jacked up now about Minnesota. Minnesota is 3-5. and five. Who the hell cares? Like, because they beat Green Bay now. They're some. They're a powerhouse. Like, I, I, why? Detroit sucks. Them being Detroit doesn't matter to me. They should beat Detroit. Detroit's awful. Like, I, I think Minnesota. The the love. I've seen articles this week about how they're somehow so a sleeper contender. No, they're not. They stink. They're bad. They're not good. Like, I look. Could they finish seven and nine or so? Yeah, okay, sure. But that doesn't make them a contender. I think the Bears are going to win this game. They have to win. They lost three in a row. They they, they get them at home. I don't think the Bears are all of a sudden going to look great offensively. I think the Bears will look competent. I think they will win this game.
0: Bears. By the way, uh, Castillo, I should have said, it was he got fired from Baltimore and he got fired from Buffalo. Okay. And then, but yet he's good friends with the Matt Nagy coaching tree. And so he gets hired in Chicago. Just, I the hey Matt 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 stop hiring your friends. No, I know you knew Nick Foles really well and 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 Ryan Pace. You you loved Mitchell Trubisky enough with the friends. It's really a good idea to hire your friends. Your your friends blow. Anybody but your friends. Get, let's 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 go enemies. All right. But before we move on, real quick, I want to ask you this: How long until Matt
1: Nagy finally just gives up the play sheet?
0: So they they're on the buy after monday man i mean if, if it goes if it goes south on monday i think he's going to do it but it's a tough if it's a, it's a tough spot for him because here he's like you know i'm the offensive guru so if you're not the offensive guru and and you get fired in chicago what are you now special teams yet. special teams coordinator um which is cool it's a job uh but what's his path forward as an nfl coach if he's not the offensive guru
1: by the way, doesn't he have like a statement on on his play sheet? Like, be B- you, B- be you. Maybe should stop being him. Yeah, it, be some. So yeah, be somebody else. Because you're five and four, and the offense stinks.
0: Well, he's just committed to running these Matt Nagy creative plays. He's he. It's very clear to me. You have an offense that you think is great, but it's not tailored to your players. He hasn't figured out. These are the strengths of what I have and make it work. That separates, in my mind, a good coach from a bad coach. Who can take the talent that you have and make the most out of it? Matt Nagy is just not doing that in Chicago at all. Not Uh, uh, In or out. Green Bay will earn the number one seed in the NFC. Matt, in or out? I'm in because of what you talked about earlier, the schedule. I'm playing anybody.
1: And they have the tiebreaker over New Orleans. That's clutch. I think that will come in handy because I think they're going to end up tied. I think they're both going to be about thirteen and three. Um, I will take Green Bay. Their schedule is easy. They have the win over New Orleans. I think they get there.
0: Go Pack, go! Go Pack, go! Um, since I said it earlier, I will stay with the on the inside as well. But it's it does lay out very well for the Packers going forward. The Lions should trade Matthew Stafford this off season in or out.
1: And and I've always been more of a Stafford guy than a lot of people. He's not playing well this year. A lot of picks and a lot of bad picks. Like he's always throwing picks, but he's, he's throwing picks this year. Like just, You can't excuse how bad some of these mistakes are. I think he needs a fresh start. I could see him going somewhere else and having a good four or five years to end his career. I just think it's over in Detroit. And by the way, it's time for just a full-blown wholesale change in Detroit. I wrote about this in Sack in the Box last week. You need... If you're the Lions and you're Sheila Hamp, who's the new owner of the team, you need to just clear house, clean house, get rid of everybody, get rid of Patricia, get rid of Quinn, trade Stafford, get as much capital as you can for the draft. And if they're not in a position to draft a quarterback, they need to move heaven and earth to become in a position to draft a quarterback. They have to get one. I don't care. You know what? These teams always love to sit back and say, well, you know, we didn't want to take a big chance. Those teams stink. You need to go for it. The Texans got Deshaun Watson because they went for it. The Chiefs got Mahomes because they went for it. You need to be aggressive. I think the Lions need to trade Stafford and then move every piece imaginable to get up and get Justin Fields if that's what it takes.
0: All right. Uh, I I don't hate it, and I think that it's – I definitely think it's best for Matthew Stafford that he ends up somewhere. Uh, other than Detroit, uh, you, you, you've, you've paid your, your, your debt to society. You've, you've, you've given everything you can. Um, Zach Wilson's an interesting quarterback too, out of BYU verterim. So, uh, there's, a, there's another guy that maybe could fit in Detroit who.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Trey
0: Lance. Fine. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess I'm, I'm with you on this one too. Move just for the betterment of Matthew Stafford. Just thank him for his time. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Go get them and and let's, let's, let's rebuild for the zillionth time. It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's Stacking the Box. Uh, the Steelers are the second best team in football. I'm going to be out on this, but where are you going? So,
1: I'm in. I think Kansas City is clearly the best team in football. I, I've come to that conclusion after watching nine weeks. That the Chiefs are just – if the Chiefs play even a good game by their standards or winning, they're just – they are the only team in the league that I feel like they can win any way you want to play. They can win a physical game. They can win a finesse game. They can win by throwing the ball. They can win run the ball defense, special teams, the Chiefs can win any way you want to play, anywhere, anytime, any weather. To me, the question becomes, is it Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Green Bay, New Orleans? Look, Seattle's disqualified. They can't stop anybody. And I think Pittsburgh, that defense is very, very good. The offense is at least average. I just think the totality of their parts and their coaching, that, yeah, I think they're the second best team in the NFL. I think the AFC right now, you could argue it's the three best teams in the NFL with Baltimore being a third. Although I will openly say I personally would not put Baltimore third. I would put the Saints and the Packers ahead of them, but I, I think you could, and I wouldn't have a crazy argument against that.
0: So, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue for the Ravens since Pittsburgh beat them. Uh, we will see what happens coming up on Thanksgiving when that's the night game, which will be a very fun way to end our Turkey day with the Ravens and the Steelers again. Um, but I, I'll i go there. I still I still think Baltimore is better than Pittsburgh. I don't care if the, the Pittsburgh's 8-0 and that they won the first game. It was a great game. Baltimore was right there. I don't think you can draw a whole lot from it, actually. I mean, it's, it's a coin flip. Uh, and look, he just looks old, man. Big Ben's old. Oh, he is old. He's the, he's the biggest heel on that team. So come playoff time, are they that I mean, the defense has been great. I, I you know, they but they're not like overpowering, overpowering. They've, they've held, they've only held one team in this, in single digits. That was, the, that was Cleveland. Most, most games are right around the twenties. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I can't go there with, I don't, I don't see them certainly not like they're definitely the second best team in football. I, would I rather have the, the Pittsburgh than green Bay in the playoffs? I'd probably take the Packers. I, I probably would. Um, so I'll 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 be out on Pittsburgh as the second best team in the league. I think it'll get a little, little dicey for the Steelers here coming down the stretch. All right, the Patriots should acquire Jimmy G come the offseason. I like this one a lot, Matt Furteran. Where are you going? I'm
1: in. I'm in. I look. They need a quarterback. Cam's not it. Cam has two touchdowns and seven picks. Cam's been terrible. Um, and I always see these people who are like truthers on Twitter with him. Like some, they're always oddly like, oh no, he's not the problem. No man, he's the problem. Like, he's, he's not the whole problem. He's part of it. Um, he has no pocket awareness whatsoever. He can't throw the ball the way he used to. He's not awful, but he's a borderline starter at this point. He needs to get better. Jimmy G's not great, but Jimmy G coming home to, to Papa, right, going to New England, I think he's done in San Francisco. He needs to go be somewhere where they can just build an infrastructure around him, much like the Niners have before all the injuries this year where he can be a complimentary piece. And I think Belichick's fine with that. Like Brady was a complimentary piece to the first three Super Bowls he won. Now, he was great late in games, and that's, of course, a huge difference maker. But you go look at Brady, those first three Super Bowl years. I mean, Brady wasn't slinging it all over the place. They are running the ball and playing defense. So I think Belichick can do that. Belichick loved him in, in Foxborough. It was very famous. Belichick was not happy that they traded him. So, yeah, I think, look, if, if the Niners are going to move off of him, and I think they will, I think New England's a perfect spot for Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: So that's the part that you obviously love about it because Bill did not want to let him go. And the 49ers are, they seem fairly indifferent, but I actually will be out on this and I'll say that they're going to come around and keep Garoppolo. They're just going to look in the mirror and be like, well, what are, what's our better option here and not have one and just figure like, well, we'll, we'll stay here with Jimmy and, and, just pony up for another couple of years, although that just seems crazy because he's going to get some decent coin and I, you'd have to swallow really hard to do it. But then what, where are they going? I mean, you can start Nick Mullins. I mean, where, where, no, who? No,
1: God, no. But would you do, you do you move up? Do you take somebody in the draft? That would be one way to go, sure. Yeah, they're, gonna, they're not going to be good the rest of the year with all these injuries. Would you rather take somebody in the draft? Would you trade for Stafford?
0: Uh, if I could get Matthew Stafford in on the Niners, I absolutely would do it. He's a, he's an upgrade over Garoppolo, is he not? Uh, a thousand percent. Which I that's mean, another one too. If you're in New England, you you maybe you love Jimmy G, and maybe and maybe Belichick is going to drive for that. But I would I'll be very you, interested in in Jimmy G, in in Stafford in New England.
1: I'll tell you what. I think Cam Newton would be a hell of a lot better in San Francisco. That's a mobility driven. You know, get the ball out quick, run the ball. Use your legs a little bit. I think Newton fits a lot better there than he does in Josh McDaniel's offense. I'm not saying uh, he's great, but I think he fits. I think the two quarterbacks both fit better in the other team's games.
0: We'll just make a trade, even though the deadline's passed. Yeah. Garoppolo for Newton for the rest of the year. Why don't you all play it out? We'll see what happens. You both probably want to do that anyway, and then we can figure out where to go from there. It'll be the special Carm Verteram-led convertor-ram, garoppolo newton 2020 pandemic will allow it trade that benefits everyone and we all live better lives yeah all right wrapping it up here looking forward what's going on in your life here
1: so we've been talking about all 2020 and and obviously when you talk 2020 you talk about uh covid the news with pfizer good news it's not the end of the you know it's not the end of the tunnel but it's good news uh you know the vaccine's moving along might have it here fauci saying by by april uh, i've seen one of the people that's going to be in Biden's task force talking about maybe even, you know, first quarter of the year, which would be, I'm assuming March. Um, that would be awesome. Look, there is no easy way out of this. I don't know how many Americans have figured that out yet. <laughs> I'm se- I, Unfortunately, I'm serious. Like, I get in debates with this about you know, all the time with people in real life. and on Like People think that this is magically going to go away. I mean, remember all these people who thought the election the second that was over, COVID is going to go away? How's that going? Like, it's not going away. And I do believe that people just have to know the blunt, honest truth. It's not going anywhere without a vaccine. It's not. This country let it w- go way too far down down the, the rabbit hole at this point. So the news out of Pfizer that they believe this thing is about 90% effective is awesome. My wife, who is a nurse, uh, was about to get her doctorate. We were having a conversation about it last night, and she mentioned that the flu vaccine is only 60% effective. So. If this thing is truly 90% or even close to it, now it's got to be peer reviewed and everything else, but still that would be unbelievable. And I do believe in the country's ability to get this thing out quickly and to, you know, legions of people. I do think that once this becomes approved by the FDA and it's available, I think it will be mobilized in a way like this country's never seen. I really do believe that, Um, especially with the new leadership that's coming in. And frankly, more because the older leadership that's going out, um, It was great news. It was happy news in a year that has not been filled with a ton of it.
0: Yeah, I'm not allowing myself to get as excited as you are, but you just got me more excited for the Rams, so I hope you're right. I was watching some sports highlights today and just – I the highlights themselves weren't anything, but just like seeing fans going nuts, I'm like, oh, God, I miss it. Just, just, yeah. just the, the atmosphere and all of it. Um, but uh, for me – yeah I, I I had a huge huge tennis win this week for Ram. It was a big big, big battle, and uh, I never beat this dude and I beat him and and my life is just that much better because uh good old good old will went down. you go, you and, go five uh, sets no no we it's, it was a it's a three set match, but I did take him in straight setters we don't we don't do the five i'm I'm 40, 40 some odd years older 47 damn it so not that I couldn't handle it
1: I, but, I just I wasn't sure. I didn't know the rules here at the tennis club. I wasn't. I wasn't sure.
0: The old tennis club, um, but that was. How?
1: how uh, what's, yeah. your serve? what's your serve? I'm just. I'm just curious. I mean, I'm. Genuine. How fast?
0: Or what do I? Yeah. yeah. Forty three miles an hour. I don't hit it hard. Uh, I spin it. I spin it to your backhand. I. I, I serve to your deficiencies. That's what I do. Um, you know, it's it's, it's something that uh, people of my level fail to figure out that um your your most times if you if you try to win points on your serve and blast it your your first serve percentage is going to be quite low vert and most of, even even if i do nothing on my second serve it's very rare that 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 even who i'm playing and i play pretty decent players that they just blast me off the court i just just get into the point let's go i just i'm a grind you i grind you to death that's my that's my strategy you, you, you serve and volley just play it out and I used to be a servant volleyer, but but in my in my slightly better, I'm just a little more patient, push you around, look for a little edge, then I'll come in, point I, I over. It, charm. Tennis
1: is tough. Tennis is yeah, that's a it's a hard sport to play. Like we used to have to do it in gym class sometimes. I remember just being like, how the hell do people do this? <laughs> like serve the ball and cut it and everything. I'm always amazed when I'm watching like a you know like a pro tennis match, and I don't watch a lot. I'll watch the majors, kind of like I am with golf, but I am always amazed when somebody just, you know, it's like somebody, let's just say Federer, okay, just for the lack of a bit, you know, whatever, Federer's playing somebody, guy hits a cross-court shot to Federer, who's near the baseline, and he just backhand rips one, like, right down the line. And, you know, like, Like, if I hit the ball like that, I'd hit it out of the stadium because I would just have no ability to control it. Like, forehand to me, obviously, it's all impressive, but, like, forehand's one thing. To be able to rip a ball one hand backhand just like perfectly down the chalk line just blows me away every time somebody does it. It's it's the most impressive shot to me, at least visually in tennis.
0: Yeah, it's it's very it's 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 got an aesthetic beauty to it. There's no doubt about it. Federer and uh, I'll give my guy Stanislav Wafrinka, he's got a beautiful one hand backhand. Um, but uh. The 2 and is better for today's game because it's just you are going to be less consistent doing that unless you're Roger Federer. But they do. They they listen. I I uh, in my in my vacation life, I, I try to go to a tennis resort if I can get whoever is my wife to come with me, and we go to this we go to this one place in Florida where they've got an academy there. So you've got the six-year-olds coming from Bulgaria that either <laughs> they are on scholarship or the parents are super rich. And they've got – they're out there in their little tennis outfits and they're six and they're just killing the ball. I'm like, oh, my God. You, I, I I, don't know. you. When did you learn to hit that stroke? You're six. And it's – so they've been – my point is that Federer's been doing this his whole life. Like, Novak started doing it when they're seven. It's so ingrained that um, – yeah. You should have gone to the Baltaria Tennis Academy. I – I will forever hold it against uh, Fred and Gladys Carmen that I was not just sent to tennis camp. Just let me just see what I could have done. I mean, you know, look at me now though, doing stack in the box with you. That's right. there it is. Could have been somebody. Yeah, exactly. I had a chance. All right. Week 10, everybody enjoyed. We'll talk to you a late Sunday night. A lot of great stuff Thursday night. This is going to be a fun one tonight too. So uh, enjoy the Titans and the Colts and thank you for listening to stack in the box. If you can give us a rating, We really, really appreciate it. Matt, any final words?
1: They're going to fire us. Please give us a rating and and subscribe.
0: Exactly. We'll see you next time.
1: At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum.
0: We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We got to go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them
1: Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means
0: any time. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.